Right, we're recording. Good to go. Nick, how are you doing this week? Yeah, all well, good, mate. Um, I had my COVID jab for the vaccination. So, were you um, were you man down or were you uh, were you fighting fit? Uh, man down, but I'm out out the back of it now. So uh, I was I sort of didn't know whether to have it or not. It was one of those where. You know, I've got visions of like three years down the line, we all find out something horrendous from anybody that's had the vaccine and uh, everybody's everybody's in a bad place because you can't go back once you've had it. But um, yeah, I thought it was better to have it than get it. So that's that's the type of herd immunity I think we're all, we're all looking for, right? Yeah, exactly. I could have held out for the herd, but um, I went for it. My sister actually had it and um, she's still got problems like a long time afterwards. So... Yeah, I just thought maybe go for it. But that's I, excitement. Um, when I'm applicable, I'm definitely going to give him the arm. So give him the, just walk in with the arm out like a wing. I love it in America that they're doing their, um, the drive-throughs. Yeah, straight through the car. Well, Americans are pretty used to drive-through, aren't they? So um, <laughs> since we're talking about food today, I thought I'd do a food-related joke. That's the tie that we're going to be famous for. Yeah, yeah. Or well, home of the drive through you got the uh, diner, you know, movies. You can go drive through movie, get food served to your car. I actually saw a really good thing. Um, it was an Indian restaurant, and they uh, they got creative. Drive in Indian. So they, they manufactured this massive, uh, you probably saw it, right? It manufactured this massive tray that goes the whole way across your car, and they, like, bring you out an Indian, you can have a beer. Look great. It was, a, it was a mixed grill, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think I think it was full on Indian. Yeah, like a, I think it was like an Indian tandoori mixed grill. It was like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, as if it took up the full car. It was brilliant. Yeah, I was like, if that was near me, I definitely would have done it just to do something different. But this is the I think this is the thing now. Like at the beginning of all those different lockdowns, or the you know what Americans call quarantine, mm. you kind of get like you had the first phase of people just working out what was going on. You had the second phase, which was like innovate, innovate, innovate. Mm. And then everyone's now just desperate to get back to normal, but it's kind of stagnated. But the, you know, like the investments that are going into into it, like the day we record this delivery, we've gone and done their IPO and it's down 30% this morning. So it's... Oh, a, I was looking at it as well and I was a bit worried about that. So I'm glad I didn't go in. There's, there's going to be so many, you know, like it's good for the people that work internally. You know, and a lot of people that stuck there but it's one of those things now that you just one of the big questions I think you know if I, when I was sort of scribbling down some notes is 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 it ever going to be profitable and is it is it something that people can get into because there's so many things that it's done and changed and like the it's definitely a theme like we've seen it it's much bigger than a trend we've seen mm. such huge um gradual change in habits so it's become like this real, real different habitual thing now and you know it's not just fast food and from a qsr it goes all the way down to you know amazon delivering food within you know a couple of hours and you mm. get your daily essentials even to even to the resurgence of the milkman yeah and i love the resurgence of the milkman that used to be like from a nostalgia perspective waking up in the morning at five and it was stupidly early at the time, but you just heard that clunking of the milk bottles and that electric whirring of the... <laughs> you didn't want to get stuck behind uh, the milkman on the road, but outside of that, it was, uh, yeah, it was always nice. And like, who could run down and get those milk bottles first and uh, get the creamy bit off the top? 
if the birds hadn't pecked it. Um, but yeah, it's such a good nostalgic kind of childhood memory. And uh, I, I love the fact it's back. I love that there might be some work for, you know, those guys that the, the supermarkets probably put out of business at large for a long time. So um, yeah, it's going to be a good one to get into. So do you want to explain what we are going to talk about today? Yeah, so I've, I thought it'd be, yeah, I thought it'd be quite interesting just to sort of run down, like I've broken them down into different sort of categories and, you know, the way I've been thinking around it and, you know, just from my own personal experience uh, and just talking to loads of different people from different levels. So, you know, one of my uh, private Slack groups is is full of sort of marketeers and I've got another one for the product people. And this is, you know, like just sort of breaking it down. So you kind of got the rapid convenience store delivery which is you know like your your gorillas your wheezy your get here's so they're like within 15 minutes it's like instant order instant delivery you've got your scooters your pedals and your e-bikes delivering and like it's all about speed and convenience and it's all about that you know ordering on an app you've then got you know your fast food and convenience now which is more you know like your just eats your deliveries your uber eats you know if you're in the us it's caviar and, and people like that Mm. and it's within 40 minutes and you know it's almost a pun if you're going to get hot food or not but you know something that delivery have sort of said more recently is they want to get in the 21 meals a week so they want to get into breakfast lunch and dinner mm. and i think that's really a really interesting standpoint as they went they dove drove into the grocery space and the central space through the lockdowns and then mm. even to like dominoes order you know you're ordering it's on average you get a delivery in 45 minutes so it's really interesting but they they're like the original dark kitchen dark store and the mm. whole thing is it gets delivered hot and you know it's going to get delivered hot yeah and then i think you get down to you know like you get the super quick supermarket delivery uh which is you know like i'm in london i'm in, in sort of zone two for people that are they're listening so you're like sainsbury's chop chop you've got waitress rapid so they're like, they're slightly different. So you can order a certain amount, over a certain amount, you get delivered within sort of 45 to, to 60 minutes. Sometimes it's just over. You get oh. Prime, which is in Prime now, which is at Morrison's or directly from Amazon, two hour slots. And that's, you know, very different. That's delivered in a van or a car. And that's almost pure play groceries. Then you've got your sort of daily essentials. So our, our new favorite milkman. And then you've got down to sort of your, your weekly shops say your supermarkets, et cetera, that, that deliver and it's really on demand and it's featured on demand. And you don't have to worry about it being hot, it's delivered cold uh, and it's cooked yourselves down to sort of surprise, which I call it, which is like ice cream vans. And then um, sort of food boxes, so the Gusto's, the Hello Freshes and Mindful Chefs. Mm. Well, then you, you know, you have to, you have to order through um, apps and the quality of service you know, it's all down to the delivering and it's all down to the, what's in the bu- in in the box. So I think it's just a really interesting space. Mm. And I think what we're, you know, what we've seen is this, like what I would call a breakdown of habit and people just trying to replace more and more habits rather than mm. build new, they're trying to replace it, which is, you know, for startups, which is, you know, sort of almost unheard of five years ago, but mm. having worked in the space, I think it's really interesting. So as if you, I think there's a few questions that people need answering in general, but you know, like, I don't know what your experience is and, and what you think, but I, I think one of the biggest gradual changes of, of habit is ordering within 20 minutes, the food has to be hot and it has to be delivered to your door. Mm. Uh, otherwise it's, it's not good service. 
Yeah, 100%. And I've had recent experiences, you know, because like ordering delivery or Uber Eats is a new going out, right? So it's <laughs> it's an exciting world out there. It's like, what can I spend my money on? It's like literally the delivery or Uber Eats. And uh, I've got addicted to a couple of things. But like, for example, I, I ordered one. It got here. I was a bit like pissed off with the portion size and everything else as well. Like it was just like what is this and then anyway it was cold so i complained and they adopted i'm not going to name who it was but um there's not too many to choose from so probably 50 50. um but i had a moan up you know just saying look it's like cold portion size awful they adopted like a very like ryanair style attitude they were like well it was inside the delivery window so we can't do anything there and i was like well what about, you know, like, the, I, I took a picture as well. Like, I wasn't, you know, like, took a picture, like, here it is. And uh, I was like, can you feed back to the restaurant? But it was almost like that middleman keeps the restaurant safe. Like, I was like, are they even going to get the feedback here? Like, because at most, I just wanted to get better in future because I'm addicted to this stuff. <laughs> I'm going to order again regardless. But, like, I, I want the feedback to get there. And you just don't know. Like, you don't know if the feedback's going to go anywhere and you know like i wasn't happy in that instance and i've had it before where they've delivered to the you know i've been at work they've delivered to the building next door i'm i'm trying to go around trying to find it you can't find it and then you're like oh i bet they've done it like the building next door going to the building next door is sitting on like a residential concierge desk next to my office like i'm like oh my like you're kidding me you know like there's things like that and then they they sometimes it's easy and they're they're happy to just be like oh yeah we'll you know we'll sort you out or whatever like whether it's refund or money off your next one or whatever it is but i think like the, the bit that's really interesting is the habitual shifts and the cultural shifts and i think that you know we've had a shift as consumers to be able to have a moan up and get something back so it's actually kind of reinforced us having the moan up and kind of meant that you know, if we complain, we know we might get something at the end of it. So it's almost like positive reinforcement for complaints, uh, which is a little bit crazy. And I think it probably leads to this culture with people like Deliver and Uber Eats, where people complain so much just because they're trying to, you know, get money off. It. it was almost like a professional complainer um, to see how they can, you know, take the sting out of future orders and stuff. But I think what's more interesting is the cultural side of things so if you're in europe you know i remember i was in uh aix-en-provence in south of france and now they got a wicked market there like amazing food everyone shops daily they go down to the market fruit veg meat job done um they go to the the, the you know the bakery get their get their bread and that's it and that's every day and that's the culture in a lot of europe to have that kind of daily market shop um over here, it's been very supermarket based and we're seeing disruption there. Um, and then in the States, it's, you know, where you haven't got population density in the big cities, it's very much, you know, that kind of supermarket based with, you know, they started uh, Walmart's did jet and, you know, food delivery and things like that. And, um, but, but I always remember a story of um, innocent smoothies and, you know, it used to be kind of like fresh and natural and like those type of things over here and like sort of, you know, like they're pretty fresh, made pretty fresh in the stores, like didn't have a long sell by day. And then Innocent tried to go to America and then they're like, oh yeah, we want it to last for like a month. Mm. 
it's like, well, okay, this is fresh. So like, how do we make it last for a month? So, so, you know, you've got these cultural, like right across the world, you've got different cultural norms. And I think the UK being a kind of middle ground, like people don't shop daily because of the inconvenience of it. And that's why you had the popularity of uh, train stations and things for commuters of the Marks and Spencers and the, you know, the little kind of mini stores where people could just pick stuff up and that kind of worked quite well. Um, and then in the States, you know, if you're not in a big city, like, uh, you, you know, you're shopping for two weeks or like, like cost, that's why Costco is so popular because you can go in bulk buy and it will last you two weeks a month and you won't have to go again because you probably haven't got a shop, you know, a decent one inside an hour drive in some places even more. So it, it's really, really interesting there. And I think that's been disrupted by like the food boxes and the other things. And we've seen prime now, um, you know, and there's things there. And I think, you know, especially with Deliveroo as well, you know, D Deliveroo and Uber Eats are, are fascinating because I think Deliveroo obviously its purpose was food delivery. Uber Eats was a slight pivot on a, you know, what they had already to, to keep people busy. But I remember I was, when I was traveling in Thailand, like, oh God, I don't even want to remember how many years ago it was now, 15 years ago, something like that. They had McDonald's delivery and KFC delivery. And I was like blown away, like little mopeds cruising around McDonald's delivery. I was like, this is the dream. Like, it, I was like, wow, this is like, you could just be like hungover, you're going to get McDonald's rock up at, at your door. And I was like, this is incredible. Like, wow. And, you know, at the time I thought, oh, like, could it work in the UK and things like that? But then, yes, it can in, in you know, areas of, of high density. So it kind of works there. And that's how we've changed. You know, people staying in more Netflix rather than going to the cinema. Like, what can we do? Well, we've paid for Netflix. That's ten a, a month whatever you know and then we'll get a delivery of food and that's like 20 quid it's a cheap night and people are starting to do that especially with the lockdown and i think the lockdown is you know like i said our treat now is a takeaway on a friday or saturday night for the week that's that's the new going out so yeah like you said habits are starting to form and things are starting to change and it's a really really interesting space and it's still not there yet it's still not quite there yet that's the best bit you know, the culture part's really important because, you know, I used to work for one of the largest coupon sites in the world, voucher mm. sites in the world. And the data was so fascinating. Like, you know, we used to do some content marketing around it. It was always leads that went out. They'd always order the most takeaways. And it was always mm. like north first to south. It was always something that was sort of a huge thing. And, you know, I even use the data as in like from the insights I took away from like years ago is you never order food between 6 and 7.30 because it's just a busy time mm. and you know that, that whether that's on the just eat delivery any of those and it's the same and i think what's you know really important for you know people to to sort of bear in mind is whenever there's uh you know like surge pricing on mm. for for taxis it's like it's probably something similar could apply in in the food delivery space i know that mm. you know that uber eats for instance where i live they they do two or three deliveries at one time so you have to pay to be a priority delivery so you're the first yeah. one to get it which is insane really because you want your food hot it's not like you're ordering sushi or something you can mm. consume cold and then i think one of the, the other interesting part, points is is how many you know how many deliveries are you getting so are you getting the food boxes and the weekly shop 
and mm. and, and Uber Eats the delivery because you know we can we do our weekly shop and it we only really get about four to five days worth of food because it's just you can't get anything with a shelf life for much longer mm. even when you cook it yourself and I think that's the that's the sweet spot so when I did run workshops for two of the two really big food networks uh, food delivery companies mm. Their, their competitors was you know supermarkets it was the healthy eating. it was you know the the qsrs the fast food restaurants so mm. i think we're going to see it and there's definitely going to be consolidation one thing that i've you know been a ma- massive advocate and talked around a lot is around dark stores and dark kitchens is it's, it's a huge potential if you want to go to a high net worth area you can set up for much cheaper than you can for a restaurant you know it's fascinating that domino's were the original you know, dark kitchen. Mm. They'd go in, you know, undesirable locations, get low rent, and then they could deliver mm. in like really quick time. And then, you know, people got the pizza or the chicken wings that that they didn't necessarily, you know, think that's the best, but is filth. You know, like I, I have no qualms in saying I love a Domino's, but like <laughs> it's not, it's not always for everyone's taste. And you know, a bit of a bold statement. I think that dark kitchens and dark stores in general is going to really save like the local high street for many towns and many mm. areas. And I think there's like a huge opportunity in, in sort of trial and error for a lot of these brands. And I think you can be associated with an area and people mm. will openly want to buy from, you know, a pizza express or, or a chain restaurant when, when they move to, you know, somewhere that's not where they grew up and they actively that they are know when we moved. And I know that was, you know, it's almost like a tick box exercise for a lot of people is mm. what can I get delivered where I'm going to move to? Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be. Oh, if, imagine that you show, you know, you're looking for a house, go to the area, <laughs> part of your criteria is open up delivery. Let's see what's around. Like, let's see what we can get or Uber Eats and, you know, just check out some reviews. Let's, you know, all of those type of things. But it's, it's quite interesting because what you order is doesn't always obviously correlate to where you'd go. Like you said, the dark kitchens and stuff, the just shop front, boom, knock it out, delivery. You know, half of those places aren't restaurants that you're going to go and eat in. Um, and it is really, really interesting. I think, I, you know, I can imagine like, you know, we get lost in this kind of like London bubble sometimes of like, oh, like you get this, you get, like you've got to almost expect it. But if you're out somewhere else, you know, like less density, you know, you haven't got as many things close to you. You haven't got the riders, the drivers, you know, like it, it's a different ball game. And I think, you know, if we look at the UK and the big cities around, there's a lot you can get. I mean, you always had it. I mean, Uber was the classic, right? Where am I? Can I get an Uber? Mm. You know, I'd know if I'd be a bit further out, like Burke Hampstead is near where I live in Hertfordshire. And I knew, and they got nice restaurants there. But you know, if you went for a night out, could I get an Uber? There's like two, mm. like two for the whole of that that little town, you know. And could I get one back? Whereas, you know, you're closer in. You saw that spread come out of London to the home counties and and wider with Uber. And I think obviously the same kind of things generally happen with the the patterns of, I suppose, um, penetration across a geographical location with food delivery as well but it's um yeah it's it's super interesting that like how that's become like a netflix right and that's what they're trying to do as well they're trying to get you on that subscription model so you pay you know locked in amount and you've got your delivery free or you've got your fees chalked off for, for delivery which you know they can put you off 
like I know it's only a couple of quid and you end up paying for the convenience, especially if it's like raining or something. But it here's does the, put you off. Here's the question though, it's like is is it is it worth it? Like is one bad experience too many bad experiences and for food delivery? Like I wouldn't you know, we're lucky where we live with you know, we've got really we've got sort of we've got a whole spectrum of of, you know, one star, what you drink when you're drunk, or what you say, mm. what you eat when you're drunk, and then you've got the five star, like where mm. you choose to go and eat out. They now, you know, to a point, you can get delivered to where we are. And mm. I think that's the point now. It's like, would you pay for a premium service if you got mm. if you got basic basic service? And I think that's quality control is always the problem. And I think that's always going to hinder up a subscription service. And I think you yeah. know, like the food boxes have such high churn. I think like mm. 60% churn within six weeks. So it just shows you like, and funny enough, consumers aren't stupid and they'll jump mm. between the services. Yeah, yeah. So if you know, be one, bothered to do it, like you'll hack the system, right? Yeah, one thing that we, you know, we all look for is if it's on two different networks, you know, is there a saving on one? And I think we've got into this like, is value worth it now? Is price worth it? Is you know, is quality going to be sustained? Like, if someone mm. would come out, like a local player would come out and just emphasise on quality and and freshness, you probably win. You know, it's interesting that uh, Get Here, which is a big Turkish uh, delivery company, that you know mm. they do it within fifteen minutes, just got three hundred million invested just in this, earlier this week. Mm. You know, they don't deliver to me, but you know, good food in fifteen minutes, convenience food in fifteen minutes, screams out what I want. Like if I if I don't fancy what I'm having at lunch, I don't really want to order, you know, a ten pound lunch. I might want to order six quid's worth of random stuff, and that's, mm. you know, and that's good enough. But you know, maybe a couple of questions that we should, you know, we should probably answer is, you know, speed is always important, but mm. you know, the speed of snack food really matter. I don't know. What do you think? I, I no. I, I I think the thing about speed and convenience is that it's not planned it's like i'm hungry now i need something or it's like it's an afterthought isn't it it's like the path of least resistance you look in the fridge there's nothing in there you're like oh god like need to do a food shop what can i do and then you'll just like for me anyway pop open uber eats or delivery and just get something delivered and then i can crack on with a bit more work whilst it comes like i don't have to prepare it um, and, and I think that's like a, a key thing around the speed. I think that the, the problem with a lot of these things, especially like online shopping, is that you have to be pretty organized to a certain extent. Like, like we've got two kids. We know we need to have food in the house every week and we still can't get that online shop because the, the, the problem is it's not like rinse and repeat. If it was like, if you just put it on like, you know you just put it on that cycle and you were like every week deliver the same ingredients that's fine but you don't do that because you want variety um and, and i think i i think where this needs to go and i've i've worked in this space previously as well is all around like personalized nutrition and and i think that's where things are going to get more interesting i think whether it's a takeaway or a delivery food delivery i think when it's around your preferences and things, I think that's where it gets interesting and almost taking the friction out of the order. You, you know, like I'm, I eat quite healthy most of the time and I look at delivery and Uber Eats 
And, you know, obviously you could hit the healthy <laughs> filter and you get a load of crap that doesn't really seem that healthy. And you've got to like eke out what is good. And I've ended up like on a horrendous like German doner kebab protein box or something like that, which is actually like really tasty <laughs> and and good value. But it's like, do you know what I mean? Like you're you're scratching around trying to find like things that you can kind of eat. And I think that's where I I, I think that's where like the next evolution comes in like personalized nutrition, personalized search, like what's going to be presented to me. Um, you know how can whether it's fast food or food boxes food delivery how do i take the friction out of that and make it more personalized to mine and my family's um tastes and uh requirements you know we, you've got things like food allergies on the rise it's never been more food allergies being diagnosed than there are now or intolerances you know it's partly because of awareness and it's partly because people are now understanding it a little bit more and this was a really interesting one actually with the milkman shout right so my one of my sons can't have dairy the other one started off he couldn't have dairy and now he can but so we've got one without dairy i don't really have normal milk i have oat milk um because i'm like consciously trying to cut down on the dairy stuff so like the milkman resurgence i can imagine it like in you know towns and cities that are still drinking fosters and not craft beer right and but for the for the inner London kind of like I want oh I want soya I want whatever thing out of coconut or something I've never heard of before but you know someone's like actually milk yeah. yeah 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 like like how does that work for for people like the milkman because I think that daily freshness is a great way to go because it's really good for food waste whether it's milk or food great for food waste right and like that's the thing that really grates on me now throwing away a whole bag of salad. Mm because it lasts like three days and you haven't eaten it and it's gone like brown leaves. It's in the, it's in the recycling. And you're like, Oh my God, that bag of salad was like one pound 50 for some leaves. And it, it like, we didn't even use it. It's gone to bin. Like that happens in my fridge, like all the time. I think there's like you, were, like you were saying, I think if I was a supermarket, like I'd think around putting restaurants and off, offering opportunity to have dark stores within my within you know my property because it's huge mm. and they've got space oh. i think nutrition you hit the nail on the head i think there's a huge opportunity in nutrition and being able to provide it i know they were they were thinking about doing boxes and they started to do it and you know we, we, we landed where we landed now but i think you know like if i was a if i was a part of nectar or one of the club cards or or was thinking around it the first thing i'd be doing is looking at the location data and mm. thinking, can I put on a service mm. that's going to be able to more brand affinity? I think food, I think nutrition is an interesting one. I also think that um, it, as a marketing play, it's going to be it's going to be huge. I think you can acquire customers really cheaply by putting mm. on a local service. And I think interestingly, like maybe potentially in some of the central areas of towns and cities, it's not going to be as easy. Mm. But you could have a fleet of EV vans that go out and deliver and they could cater to you and your kids needs because they can deliver fresh milk, but then they could also deliver the oatly or, or equivalent. Mm. Mm. And then they could do, you know, eggs and they could do bread and they could do all the essentials and fruit. Mm. And I think this is where co like cooperations haven't been thought mm. of well enough yet. And mm. I think there's a huge, huge opportunity there. 
and you know like very quick story we were lucky that right in the first lockdown we could order and we we it used to be a game for us at home wow. we managed to order from a farm and got the most incredible like produce wow. it was amazing and it was you know it would have lasted weeks in a family mm. of five you know two of yeah. us. Uh, it you know didn't last it could have lasted for forever but the mm. amount of the amount of the high quality it is and they could they delivered in 35 miles and it was in, like just the, the mm. from the bread all the way through so i think there's a huge opportunity for co- like co-ops especially around healthier food or eating better mm. i don't think you eat, oh, in this list, eat healthy but i think for some people it's just a habit of being better so for me it's like if we reach demand over convenience so mm. maybe that's a question people can sort of ponder and go away like i wonder like what your hot take is what you you know what you think if you were in the space or looking to get into space what would you recommend yeah it's a difficult one because i'm always looking to get into the space i don't want to recommend too much but <laughs> now so i've worked in this space uh, i helped set up a um a food uh, ai company uh, based on how they do nutritional analysis on product ingredients to basically kick out um, different tagging for each product. So that could be like gluten-free, um, low sugar, low salt, you know, what nut-free, whatever it is, they help supermarkets tag uh, their products because supermarkets own enough, it's written on the label, but they don't do any analysis. So, they, they, you know, for example, what we did when we ran a supermarket's uh, database through the engine was it expanded gluten-free from 1,800 products to 30,000 products, just to give you an idea of like how bad the supermarkets were at understanding this, right? And that is the really surprising thing here. I think there's big opportunity and you've got your independence coming together. And I think there's a, the, the main barrier is around how do we pick you know, we've seen Amazon, like the Amazon's power is huge because of the sophistication of how they pick produce, put it into delivery vans and get it out to people. And I think, you know, going back to what you're saying on the, um, on the, uh, farm delivery, that's like what, like for me and my family, that's what I want. I want natural organic produce. Will I pay a bit more? Probably. Yes. Um, but I'm in a, you, you, you know that's like i'm in that position to be able to do it if if i want to um but it's about like i was in the butchers yesterday and in the butchers they're selling veg meat bread like the butchers has has already got like got onto this where like how much could we supply and it's next to a little tesco so you could nip in the tesco get a few bits and pieces and get a lot of more organic stuff from the butchers but then you are you're starting to question price how much are my sausages and butchers versus sausages in the supermarket or steak or whatever it is so I, I i think the barrier for all of these independents is always like the ability to collect and pick everything basically and get it out to people and that's the kind of convenience side people do want to shop all in one place and that's what the food boxes offer. But still, I don't think they're quite getting it right. Like the, the, the acquisition model that they operate is is high acquisition, like you said, high churn. Um, you know, Deliveroo and Uber Eats have got high acquisition costs relatively, but they're probably customer lifetime value is probably higher because they keep you. Whereas because the churn's so big on the food boxes, like that's a model that needs to it almost needs to be disrupted. And I think the ones to disrupt those food boxes are the big supermarkets. 
because they got the power to do it. Um, they've got the logistics capability. They've got the warehouse space. They've got all of these things, but they're too slow moving. And that's why they like doing the partnerships. Like, how can we work with, you know, how could Waitrose work with um, Ocado in the early days to spin out a food delivery service, Morrison's with Prime? Like, you, you know, how can they become more agile as a big corporation? But they have to evolve or, or die, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a window. Don't get me wrong, they're not going anywhere in the next few years, but... 10-year view and things change radically and more personalized nutrition comes in people's shopping habits change you know gen z moves up uh, you know a generation so is everybody else and then you're, you're looking at a different proposition so I, I think convenience is key it always is because our lives are busy um i think consumer trends are changing and the sentiment around you know whether you're watching things like what the health on netflix or people are becoming more educated about food mm. and food as health you know and food as medicine like personalized nutrition like these things are all on the rise as is gym culture as is exercise culture you know and therefore you're conditioning what you eat heavy protein things like that so yeah it's a fascinating space right now and i think it's one that even though we've had this big explosion of like like you know that matrix you run you ran through earlier like there's so much on there so much we didn't have 10 years ago right it's exploded and there's so much choice now i think we're just at like level one of that and i think there's a lot of stuff that will get cleared out i think there needs to come you know the the second wave of this which is a little bit more sophisticated um you know some of the things i was talking about when i helped set up this food camp that ai um data company for, for nutrition it's still not being done and i can see the things that we were you know basically doing some r d and and you know innovation stuff on then still two three years out um but i think that's when it gets interesting and i think you know the supermarkets have kind of stood the test of time and and, and if you look at the pandemic they were everybody's rock how can I go, you know, I want delivery slot from a local supermarket. They almost like served the public so well that it, it brought people back to the supermarkets and built the trust and built the confidence. And like, we were there for you, you know, that's an important thing. And then I think, you know, delivery and Uber Eats picked up the, here's the tree, here's the convenient tree. Um, when people can go out and spend the money on things, I think food boxes, they're the ones that I haven't really seen as much around, but they'll probably find it tough with their marketing efforts. Like you're gonna have to plow in a load of money like above the line to really get like where you need to be. And they've got to slow that churn. So, uh, and, and it's great to see the more nostalgic stuff like the, the rise of the milkman. And I think that's like, if, if you could do that co-op local, you know, people coming together to do it, but it just needs that infrastructure. It almost needs the, almost like a delivery wrapper around those local independent stores? The, the sort of the way I explain it is like prime expectations. We've mm. landed at this point where we want things, when we want it, how we want it, the, the right price, not the cheapest, mm. like the right price. With it, I think Amazon are going to go into supermarkets. I think they're going to they'll acquire one. I'm surprised they didn't go for Asda Morrison's. Mm. Seem a nice tie in for them. So that could be something they get. The high street is so, such an important part for them, you know, like with the fresh stores. Mm. I think they could probably do with all the investment they put into delivery, the data that got out of it. They could have pro they probably understand local far better than than any other supermarket. 
So mm. I think that's that. I think you'll get feed boxes consolidation. So I think they'll consolidate mm. down. I think interesting one thing we we probably could dive into for a long period is you know like how the PTs and how the the health space can really help in, go into mm. it and help people improve it. Mm. I think we will get the you know like the food markets, the timeout food markets. Mm. I think there was a company called Deliverance years ago that used to deliver like multiple yeah, dishes. There were, yeah, yeah. And I think that they're going to be there'll be people that come out and try and do something like that, and it'll be great. Mm. And I think it would give an option. The milkman could turn into like a convenience store that's on wheels, mm. and then you hear the noise and you pop out and you get your your one pound fifty miles bar and your, you yeah, know, yeah, you get your IPA craft beer and you get like you get your your healthy food box. So mm. I think there's all there's those opportunity. I think like you said, we're at level one, but you know my hot takes would be more dark stores, more dark kitchens. Mm. I think Amazon are going to come and be a power player into the mm. market. And I think interestingly, I think now that we have hit demand over convenience, whether actually the big companies can can will invest the, the right money to stop the churn, or they'll mm. go into referrals and retention and start start looking at how they incentivize people, but it's mm. it, anyone that wins will improve the quality control issues and the delivery hot or cold issues mm. they'll they'll understand local far better than anyone else mm. and they'll work out that people will want to go for a walk and collect stuff yeah i think you're right about that as well and, and really the date is key here and i remember i was working with an unnamed supermarket uh <laughs> who had this huge like uh you know 15 20 million uh membership scheme let's call it without naming the actual scheme and they knew nothing they looked they, they knew nothing there was no data there they weren't linking shops back to profiles like there was there was like it was shocking how little they knew and i know they've made a big play to kind of improve that but it just shows you like you know, supermarkets aren't modern, digital, agile businesses. And they came at it from, you know, it's that legacy mentality, legacy systems, everything about it is not data driven. Whereas I think, you know, that's where Amazon and Deliveroo and others really have the advantage here because that data is so rich. I think once that, you know, there's a good data set now, there's been enough usage to really make that data set compelling and i think whoever can dig into that and find the opportunities will be the winner and i think amazon uh, they can do what they want like if they wanted to get into it they could do it um you know real play on on how they want to do it and i think they're perfectly positioned to be the ones that that come out the winners um and then you, you know what you'll have is you'll be left with people like your Waitrose that serve certain demographics like more than others. And they're, I suppose, more specialist within that space. Um, but really, I think people want bakery bread, like not bread that lasts for like 10 days. If, you know, it's, it's like, it's wrong that something can last that long in a, in a package, you know, that shouldn't do, you know, wraps or whatever it is. Like you want fresh produce, you want to see, people are starting to see food more as health supplements as medicine and fuel yeah yeah and fuel and 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 we're starting to you know and people understanding macronutrients and things like that we're starting to redefine food it's already started and yeah that's where the exciting opportunities lie 
my final thought is if you love a KFC, you never even get anyone away from the Philip Burger. Like if you if you love a you know if you love a if you love a McDonald's milkshake, you're going to order one. Like mm. there's everyone has a cheat day, so yeah, yeah. there's always the opportunity. I just for me, I think it's it's for supermarkets to to take more share, and it's for for the fast food and QSR restaurants to work out how to get the hottest food in mm. to the customer as quickly as possible because the end-to-end delivery is going to impact your brand and they mm. say it, and many say it don't but you know like i think interestingly sainsbury's have an opportunity where many others don't with argos habitat all the different ecos- mm. ecosystem that they have and structure that they have mm. yeah and i think it's like it's going to encourage others into acquisition and i think that you know tesco tried it would bring in giraffe and harrison hall and, and different vendors into their their store experience and it didn't quite work for them um i like what they were trying to do i thought it was innovative at the time but like as innovative as you get with like <laughs> something like that um and it was good but it didn't quite work but i think that play you know we've seen it from retail spaces off the high street to retail parks i think that's why sainsbury's got a nice position on that but it's, it's just like if someone came in with a lot of money to really make an impact and a great idea. And they had the logistical side sorted, whether that's deli- like hot delivery, cold delivery, whatever it is. I just couldn't see, you know, disruption in a, an industry that many would say has already been disrupted over the last five years. M- much more to come. Much more to come. It's an exciting place. And one that people can probably get rich out if they go and work in there. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, what fancy starting a uh, <laughs> grocery delivery company or something? We're uh, funny, funny enough. I think uh, I think a milk like a local milk milk ground with a cooperation could could work really well. Yeah, I think so as well. Put that out there for free. Hopefully, someone does it. Thanks, Nick. We'll uh, we'll pick up again next week. No pleasure, and uh, as always. We could have spoken about a lot more and I'm sure there's some future episodes where we can pick up on different things out of this. And uh, yeah, it's good to talk and uh, see you next time.